I want to talk to you about where were you when I was hurting. This has to deal with real pain, emotional pain. And this has to deal with our faith, a battle between faith and fear. between depressions and the greatest joys of Jesus Christ. There's a difference between happiness. People get happy because they have a brand new car, or they get happy because they have a brand new girl. Shame of you. And then they have, uh, they have all these things, everything is new. We want to do all these changes in our life. And, and wow, I'm happy. And uh, I, I'm happy because I got this beautiful, although I did, I did have a great, great dinner last night. Thank you. Uh, he paid for that. I ain't not going to pay. <laughs> I, I was happy, but that is not... Not what it is. There's one thing that you can never lose. Don't you dare to lose that. And that it has been my strength of my life, my ministry, my family. And that is the joys of the Lord is forever and forever. It's eternal. When you suffer, when you do whatever you're going through. It's good to see white teeth. Smile. Although when I went to Africa, everybody was white, uh, gold teeth. <laughs> if, if I was a thief, I would be a rich guy. <laughs> Where were you when I was hurting? If you think that everything's going to be beautiful in the whole world, that everything's going to be, that you're not going to go through things in your life, I think... Dream never die, but the dreamer do. Life with our trial, testing, and suffering is for real. But at the same time, we are promised that God, who wants to walk beside us during times like this, difficult times, when you talk about feeling, I believe that you got to go into the heart of King David. I began to find out that in the, in the greatest times of his life, he committed mistakes, let's call it sin, and he had to deal with all of that, either when he was in one of the most pre precious palace, he was like being in the tomb when the joys of God, it wasn't there with him, and he was depressed. He was going to the biggest depressions of his life. He didn't eat. He, he came to a place that, that he could not take the food. He was like being buried in a cemetery, wishing that he was there when he was a little boy, when he felt the presence of the Lord, when he was so close to Jesus, to God, and that he used to sing to him, God used to talk to him. What a relationship. And now when he's confronted with things in his life and he's suffering so strong that he didn't know what to do, and he was begging, God, don't take the Holy Spirit away from me. That means I will be dead. But this is what he said, and let me put some feeling in this, what I want to read. 
In Psalm 25, verse 16, 18, this is the way he felt. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The trouble of my heart have multiplied, freed me from my anguish. Look upon my afflictions and my distress and take away all my sin. He closed out, take away all my, all my sins. You're talking about feeling, you're talking about depression, you're talking about down, there it is. Though he gonna stay like that? This is the lowest of the law that King David felt. David was in an awkward situation. He cried with anxiety and despair. He felt abandoned. How many times do you feel that way? He felt helpless. He felt ignored. How down you can get. But this is not finished just like that. This is going more serious. And I'm going to just make it easy for, for myself. The most tremendous cry in the entire Bible, it was from Jesus Christ when he was crucified. He, he, he really showed the human side. He was, he felt alone right there on the cross. Before that in Gethsemane, there it was total, torn apart, broken. And there the disciples, three of the best of him, John, Peter, James, and here the other, they fall asleep when he was in agony because he had to make the decision because the decision was made. It's already he knew that that's what he had to do because that's what the, his father and him came to, to the understanding that I will go, Jesus came, now he's going to go through the moments, the most painful moments of his life when he showed how he was, his soul, his heart was in trouble. He was there in the most broken moments in Gethsemane. And you know why he was like that? Because he had to leave us. He had to go to the cross. There's the love and there's the suffering. But for God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus Christ. So we are not perished, we'll have everlasting life. He didn't want us to get lost. He fell in love with humanity. He came down and he fell in love with us. He fell in love with our heart and our soul. He connected so much and now there in his ceremony, he was struggling. Do I go or I'm gonna stay? I love them so much. I saw their pain, their poverty and everything, the abuse, the misuse, the racial problems. You're talking about pain. You're talking about being, feeling alone. This is what he say. Just the prophet David just spoke very clearly. Psalm 21, verse 1. Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why you 
forsaken me? Why are you so far from serving me? So far from the words of my groaning? I know some of you have been suffering a lot. Fear has become a masterpiece to try to really destroy our faith. Our love. This nation is in fear. Christianity has to wake up. We cannot be letting things happen. We cannot be quiet. The beginning of the early church, they didn't have no television. They don't have no paper. They don't have no media. They don't have anything. The only thing that they have was the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. The only thing that they have is what Jesus promised to be with them, to go and take the gospel. If Wilkerson came to New York City, he should be pastoring all, all kinds of cows in Pennsylvania. Moo! I bet you that the cow will start talking to Wilkerson today. Move. That means move out of here, you go to New York. You know, that's what I feel about Jesus, how much he loves us. Mm. He showed his love right there in the cross. And yes, in the other side, it's like a coin. Love. Turn around is suffering because he went through both. This is unique power of Christian message that God knows us personally and intimately. Other religions might affirm God is the creator and the ultimate rule of the world, but the God of the Bible is personal. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He know you. He know Nikki Cruz. As evangelist, Jesus have hard time with me. I give a hard time to him. Cause I go and do crazy things that no human being can do, and then I get away with murder. And <laughs> Tim, I say things that. Well, the people love me, and I love them. Even though we feel abandoned, the fact is that he never forgot us. He's conscious of our sorrow and our grief. And you know what? That's what the enemy wants us to be locked up in our own self and we will allow him to play the game, the mind game. He knows how to play the mind game because he has to shoot two areas, your mind and your heart. In your mind, you begin to think all these negative things and all of that, but the Holy Spirit is different in us because in our heart, we have to press the, the, the trigger and then 
we had to fire back. We had to let know that we are here to stay, that we are here with a purpose, that God called his church, that he's coming again, that there's a resurrection, that we have something that the world don't have. They don't know how to deal with pain. They don't know how to deal with sorrow. When you go to a funeral, they, they can stand. The sinner can, they, can don't, can, they don't understand why we singing, clapping. They say that we are crazy. They are in the cocoon in despair. They are in the cocoon of, of hurt and pain and, and, and fear. We are free. We're never going to die. We might be buried, but our spirit is alive. We are going straight to the one, to our creator, the one who made us. And he will be with us. He will. That's the reason the Bible says, guard my life and rescue me. Let me not be put in, into shame for I'm taking refuge in you. My integrity and uprightness protect me because my hope is in you. That King David talking again, changing the music, changing the, the song. All right, Sonny, you was right. I'm changing. I'm going different direction. This is going beyond the people that I spoke with my own mouth. No magazine, no televisions and television special and things like that. I'm here because I want to be here. Because I told him when he was, we was in Budapest that I was speaking there. And he told me that he's going to be the pastor of one of the most greatest church that they're going to kill him. Uh, Times Square. No, I'm just kidding. That's going to be here as the pastor. And that he want me to come and speak for him. Knowing that I love you guys. I love you guys. I really do. <laughs> Let me finish with this and I'm going to make an altar call. And listen to me. I know when I'm speaking about where are you, when I were hurting, it's all the questions that we have. In my building there, in the third floor, there was a wall, and there was, in that wall, there was a, a teenager guy by the name of Nicky Cruz. On the other side, there was an old lady, 82 years old. Just a wall separated us. But something strange about this old lady, she was... Every, every time when I used to come high, I used to come over there, you know, uh, could not sleep more than two hours. I heard this lady moaning and groaning and crying so loud that I got very, I, I got very upset. And I just started pounding the wall and I began to hear and I just to call this lady, shut up. Hey, shut up. And then she stopped and then, Hey, I said, shut up. Boom, boom. Ah, let me go outside. Locking the door. Shut up. You bother me. I want to sleep. 
just a wall. Get that in your head. Just a wall separate a teenager and an old lady. Both we were lonely. She had nobody. I had nobody. The only thing I can receive all this satisfaction is to hurt people and laugh about it. Watching suffering is brutal what I'm saying. This lady, I stole everything that she had. I break in with three of my guys and we went through everything and below the mattress there was about $282 and I stole that money. Then I got converted. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I went to Bible school. When I went to Bible school, what really took place, it was this. I could not forget Mary. Her name is Mary. And Mary was in my mind. I was thinking, what happened to that old lady? What happened to my navel? And then I came to New York to work with Dave Wilkerson. In that time, Wilkerson started with teen evangelism. And I started healing the street and all of these things. But the first thing that I did, I saved so much money because people used to send me money from everywhere. And I didn't know what to do with the money. So I told the superintendent, keep this money. And many times I used to take the students and I used to pay all this burrito, <laughs> taco. No, no, you know, Puerto Rican, we say the taco is the heel of the shoes. <laughs> I don't eat no heel shoes. And, and, and then uh, I saved so much money. I came to New York and I went, the first thing I went to see if that lady was alive. And then I was knocking and I heard her voice. Who is this? Nikki. It's Nikki. Get away from me, you bad boy, you killer. Mary, open up. Open up. No. Mary, I say open up. Do you understand? Open. No. If you don't open this door, I'm going to break this door, okay? Then she thought I was still in the game. I'm going to break this door. Man, she was so fast. You know, New York, the Brooklyn, it was like this. Five different chains. And they have a bar. A rock. A rock on my baby. And as she did that, and then she's like this. What, what, what do you want? I want to tell you, I was the one who stole that money. I saw the two police, and you was giving the information. Why did you didn't tell these people it was me? Because I told you, I did it. You know what she told me? I couldn't. Because I know if somebody tried to hurt me, you will defend me. You will protect me. That's what she told me. Mary, I got this money. I stole it for you. Here. She don't want it. I said, here is the money. Nope. I grab her hands and I put the money. This is yours. You're not going to take that blessing away from me. And Mary, why did you always was mourning and, 
and groaning and all of these things that I used to get upset with you. I forgot that when I broke in, I saw a fading picture of a tall guy and two boys. And I took that picture seriously. And I said, what is this? Then she took the picture. And she saw it to me. That's my husband. That's my two children that I had never seen again. There was gas. They were killed in the Holocaust in Poland. I said, oh my God. This lady holding all these things for years and years. And he said, I hate the Germans. I hate them. I said, Mary, that's a waste of time. That's a waste of energy. Let me tell you, Jesus changed my life. I said, Jews, can I pray for you? He said, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> you got to be aggressive. Right away, I used the name Jehovah. Be with you. Peace I bring to you. The Messiah. She, she went like this. <laughs> but you know what? You got to be conscious. People are like this. People are depressed. People are living in fear. People have lived their life with so much memory. They don't know what to do. But I tell you one thing. You know what I'm standing here? It's because the grace of God I'm standing in front of, of you in Times Square. It's because the miracle, el milagro que Dios hizo en la vida mía, the miracle that did in my life. I was lost, total lost. I was born, I was placed in the wounds of a witch. And there she gave birth to Nikki Cruz. Not only I was the only one, but she got more children. I got more brothers, 17 brothers and one sister. My father really was very busy. Thank you for helping me. I hope that you don't get there. He loved mama. And mama said, yes, papi. She hurt me, she beat me up, she rubbed my, my ribs, she closed my eyes with so much beating that I could not see. My, I was spilling blood left and right, dragged me into this room and locked me there for three days, no food, no water. Cursed me. My father was a satanic priest. Worshiped the devil. The whole place, my home was completely possessed by demons. I, I, I can talk about that. I can talk about that you to touch on my brothers. Could not sleep. Evil all over. Beat me up and the only escape was to come to New York, sleep in that subway that used to run 24 hours, changing air, changing 
always trains from one place to another. Went so many times, Brooklyn, Long Island, all the way to the Bronx. I was lonely. There's a words that never used to get away from my head. You're so lonely. Unwanted. When your own flesh and blood mother rejects you and is hurt. And here I'm conducting myself like an animal. And an animal is don't, he don't know the difference between right and wrong. An animal has to kill another animal for survival. And that's what I became. I got to survive. If I can make it, I die anyway. I died when I was nine years old when I planned to hang myself from a mango tree because I could not take no more the punishment and the rejection and the fear that I carry on. And I thank God to all what I went through in and out of jail and all of that. Psychiatrists tried to get through my head. You think I'm going to just lay down on the sofa? Tell me. <laughs> Heck no, I'm not going to tell you nothing because you're going to tell the, the judge. <laughs> yeah, they can tell me. <laughs> they make the money. Tell me. <laughs> and then you, you are your own psychiatrist, you're telling everything. But I thank God that he has his timing. How in the world I ever thought that I came from, from the, my mother, the witch, the mother that cursed me, that sent me straight to hell. And here is the preacher from Pennsylvania, a hillbilly, a hick, a guy that, that I don't know. I don't know what he smoke or what he drink or whatever. You got to be out of your mind to walk in into my neighborhood. When the police told him, sell, they're going to kill you. He penetrated the, the war zone. He came with the message of Jesus Christ. I almost killed him. He didn't know how to dress. Look at the pastor team dressing better than me, but that's not right. And I'm going to tell you one thing. He didn't know how to dress. You know how he came? He came with a, with a black suit, white shirt, a tiny, tiny, tiny tie. I thought that he get, came for the funeral or something like this. You should come with a spirit of resurrection, not for the funeral. You should see he was a hillbilly. He, he, his hair, he, 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 the guy who cut his hair seriously, he was a butcher. Today he's a stire. He's in a stire. And then, then uh, if you know Will Dave, he got those thick glasses. Huh? He still have it before he died. Still. I hope he didn't bury him with his glasses. No, I was there when I was there to see him. He didn't have no glasses. Hallelujah. I know. Hallelujah. Oh, I cursing. There were 300 people there cursing. I cursed his mom and everything, God and whatever. Threatened him. Let me tell you something about the power of the Holy Ghost. David was coming knowing his own. He was sent by God 
with a purpose and with a message. And when he came in, he knew that he can get killed. The police told him, the captain told him, no, when I threatened him, you know, I don't know from where he got that guts to tell me, kill me. Go ahead, kill me. I said, what's the matter with this guy? <laughs> no, you don't, come, you don't come in the street, especially in the dangerous territory to tell him, kill me. You can kill me, cut me in thousand pieces, and remember you can throw them right there on the sidewalk, but remember every little piece is going to cry now that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you, Nikki. <laughs> Two weeks later, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. I cried so hard. There was my gangs, my girlfriends, 25 of my friends and girlfriend came forward. My girl tried to be too emotional. She was crying. Then the guy fall on the floor and their knees and crying. And the girlfriend hugging and crying. And my girlfriend tried to help me and say, hey, don't touch me. <laughs> it's your daddy is crying. And I look at him. What's the matter with you? You know, men are supposed to cry. But you did. I gave my life to Jesus. What? That was, did it. I felt that I'm losing everything. My best friends. Nothing left out. But I forgot that there's a God, there's a Jesus Christ. I forgot that he can replace anything in my life. And that night, that night I changed. I, he broke me so strong. I cried like a little baby so loud. Ah! Ah! I feel like slapping myself. What are you crying for? <laughs> and that's when Jesus touched me and I asked this question, do you love me? Because I've never been loved. Do you? Yes. And I just turned my life to him. And I gave everything. And let me tell you the miracle that God can do. I know that I'm not going to live too long in this world. But I can say one thing with all my heart. I don't need to be the evangelist that I became. But I went home to bring my mother to Jesus, to forgive my mother to Jesus. My mother accept Jesus. She's accepted the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. My mother was dying and Jesus resurrected and she lived. She was dying. She lived for 25 years and seven months longer. God gave her life. God give you life. I promise you. And 13 of my brothers gave their heart to Jesus. Three of them became ministers of the gospel. They are in heaven right now. But I'm going to tell you something that is no, it's going to happen here. He broke the curse of witchcraft. He can break the curse of whatever. Whatever got you bound. And I'm here for that purpose. I said, yes, Jay. I said, yes, Tim. Tim, I want you to come with me up here. 
I'm going to make an altar call, and we pray. I said, Tim, how we can do this? He gave me the green light to do whatever. We feel the same way. But I'm going to be more personal because I have been the way my life is. I'm going to challenge you. Those that right now, you in the cocoon of despair, you're suffering. Some of you, you're fighting God. I'm fighting, I'm fighting, and you don't know what to do. Watch out when somebody knocks the door called suicide. People are committing suicide. Left and right. We lost over 100,000 teenagers, young people. We cannot give our teenagers. We have to fight for their soul. We have to fight for our marriage. We got to fight for our marriage. You backsliders, how long are you going to play the game? Thinking that I'm going to repent in the last moment, but now I'm going to do whatever I want to do. You backslider, you. You need to come to Christ and let it all in his hands. I'm going to call you to come forward, bring your mind. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I said, they're, they're laughing. Say, get somebody to get me a handkerchief. Hey, somebody bring me a handkerchief. Thank you. I'm broken. I'm just holding because I know the miracle that God can do, and I want to embrace you. I want to feel you just like Jesus feel you and feel me. I want you to come forward. Yes. I want you to come forward and you're not going to be afraid of nobody. Upstairs, don't think that you're so close to God that you don't need to come down here. <laughs> and all of you, that you know in your heart you're suffering so much and the moments that sin is... It's really killing you slowly for sure. And, and that love is disappearing and all of these things. And that joy, you know, you don't smile anymore. You feel like something going to happen to my family. But we give in into this. God's going to help you right now. First, you get... You need to give your heart to Jesus. You need to repent. You need to confess your sin. You have to turn to God. You have to turn to your children, your family, your husband, your wife. You got your friend with you. Some of you came a long way. When I was coming in, I remember that I had to come to the other side. I could not avoid it. The people already. I came from Brooklyn. I came from this. You have a handkerchief for me. Are you sure you didn't blow? I want you to stand up, please. I, I feel an urgency right now. I urgency. And remember, I'm, I'm not a phony. I want you to get up from wherever you are that you're going to come in public and say, enough is enough. I'm going to turn my life. I mean, I'm not afraid anymore. 
fear is going to disappear and faith is going to take over. And you're going to believe that God is for real. I want you to bring your friend too. Some of you, you brought your friend. Bring your friend right now. I'm Pastor Tim and I'm and myself. We're going to pray for you. Okay? So we're going to sing something here or what? Get up from your seat and I start coming right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And don't be afraid of nobody. Yes, don't be afraid of nobody in this room. Those days is gone. God going to renew your life with a tremendous love, a baptism of love and faith. Yes, that's right. Come in, come in. Come in and stand right here. And we're going to go after that spirit of infirmity. All of these things. The peace of God is going to come so strong like a river, like a wind. And when you leave this place, you're going to thank God for, for God is good. Whatever he's doing, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. He loves Nicky Cruz. He loves you. Beautiful. This is my last, my last call from my heart to your heart, from my soul to your soul. If you feel the power of forgiveness, you feel the power of love all over you, this is it. I call you to come. My last crying out from this microphone. Grab your wife, grab your husband, whatever, run, run for your life. Run, run to the cross. Okay? Come. Come. I'm going to wait for you. That's right. Just come and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Ever. I don't look to your right and to your left, chickens. You look at Jesus. Oh, Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, you have blessed this place. This is a monument of your grace right here in the heart of Tanquare. People from all kinds of walk of life, people with all kinds of problems, people that they are possessed, they have been delivered here in this place. We turn this place into a Holy Ghost hospital right now. Oh, you are the master of surgery. God, profound and miracle in our mind, our heart, and our body. Save us from this generation that is so evil. Touch every heart that then just laid. The burden right here said, enough is enough. I cannot handle it. I cannot take it, Jesus. Help me, please. Help me. Give them a new heart and a new mind, just like you did to me. Heal their body, Jesus. Ten. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Those at this altar, I just want you to look up here for a second. You've made the greatest decision of your life. 
to say, Jesus, come in and change me from the inside out. One of the things that we're so clear about here is we want you to understand what Nikki is talking about is not religion. Religion wants you for an hour and a half on Sundays. A relationship with Jesus is for every single day of the week. That's what this is. When you begin to make that relationship, we let people know, because we're going to pray together. All of us are going to pray together in just a moment. But we always let people know it is as simple as those three letters, A, B, and C. It's A, admitting that I'm a sinner, that something is broken on the inside. It's called sin. The diagnosis on all of us, on all of humanity has been sin. And none of us can fix it with a priest, a pastor, a promise. A program can't even fix it. Well, what can fix it, Pastor Tim? That's the B word, believing that Jesus came like Nikki talked about. Jesus came. He was the one, I want you to understand, he became my sin bearer. Died the death I was supposed to die for my sin. Lived the life I couldn't live and gave me a reward, forgiveness and eternity I didn't deserve. And this, and finally at sea, this is what Nikki talked about, confessing Jesus as Lord. Romans 10, 9, and 10. That means you're in charge of my life now. You call the shots. The word Lord means you're the boss now. You're in charge of my life now. So when you're making a commitment, you're not saying you're in charge on Sundays from 10 to 12. You're saying every single day, you're in charge of my marriage, my parenting, my job. You're in charge of my mind. You're in charge of what I see, what I hear, what I say. When you say you're Lord, you're saying you're in charge now every single day. So everyone here at this altar... I want you to pray with me out loud. Those in the balcony, let's join with them. If you're watching online, I want you to type in right now. Type in saying, I'm making a decision. I want to be born again, just like these that are right here. And I want us today to pray with them. Let's pray this out loud. Come on, say these words with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross you took my sin my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. You faced hell for me, so I wouldn't have to go. You rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. All right, come on, say this loudly loud. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name. Come on, can we put our hands together and thank God for what he has done here. You have made the greatest decision of your life. Those watching online, you have made the greatest decision of your life right here. And listen, I'm going to ask you to just do one favor. In just a moment, I'm going to invite literally who Nikki talked about, Sonny Argonzoni, who, who was the first Teen Challenge inductee. He was the very first one that came into the program that David Wilkerson started on 444 Clinton Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. That God, that there was a phrase, we talked about it last night. Sonny talked about it last night. Once a dope fiend, always a dope fiend. And he was the miracle. God always has trophies of grace. When New York was flooded with gangs and it says no one can get out of there, Nikki was a trophy of God's grace. 
that God can save the worst, the warlord of the Mau Maus, and God can save him. God can save a heroin addict, and God, and God did it. And now as a result, these are, these are the spiritual children of our founder, David Wilkerson, and now there are millions of great-grandchildren and great spiritual all over the world. And so you have made the greatest decision of your life. And at some point, I'm going to ask you to do this today. I want you to get your phone out at some point. It's very simple. And you're going to text the word decided to 51,000. 51,000. It's that simple. 51,000. And what you're going to do is we're going to just send you some next steps on this brand new journey with you. That's all we're going to do. It'll be a link and say, here are some next steps. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this message. And be sure to subscribe so you can receive new messages each week. Visit tsc.nyc for all the latest info on how you can stay connected. Also, don't forget that you can follow us on social media on all major platforms at Times Square Church. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a great week.